Welcome to Grain Talk, a podcast by Grain Farmers of Ontario. I'm Rachel Telford. And I'm Paige Miller. The Grain Talk podcast can be found on Apple, iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. Please rate, review, and subscribe on your favorite platform. In this episode of Grain Talk, I will speak with Heather Watson from Farm Management Canada about the importance of a business plan given the risky nature of farming. And I will also have a conversation with Marcus Hurl, Chair of Grain Farmers of Ontario's Board of Directors. First, a Grain Talk news update. Grain Farmers of Ontario's 2021 January District meetings are underway. This year's meetings are being held via Zoom. Farmer members are encouraged to register for their district meeting. A full listing of meeting dates and times is available at gfo.ca. For meetings that have already taken place, you can also see the results of the district director elections online. Odd-numbered districts are electing a director this year. Directors in even-numbered districts were elected in 2020 for a two-year term. All current Grain Farmers of Ontario farmer members that attended their district meeting will receive a chance to win one of three tech prizes. Registration for the 2021 March Classic is now open. Grain Farmers of Ontario wants to celebrate the tenacity and perseverance of grain farmers at this virtual event. There is a legacy of care, hope and nourishment to grain farming and we bring that legacy with us into the future as farming shifts and adapts to meet modern needs. We celebrate the new chapters grain farming is writing now and will continue to create in the future. Our best way forward is marching ahead together. The 2021 speaker lineup includes the first Canadian virtual recording of the U.S. Farm Report featuring Tyne Morgan as the host. Attendees will also hear from Jim Hanman, one of the producers of CBC's Quirks and Quarks, who will talk to the disconnect between science and the mainstream media. And Joanne MacArthur, president of Nourish Food Marketing, will discuss upcoming food trends. The 2021 March Classic will be a two-day event held March 22nd and 23rd. For more information, go to gfo.ca slash marchclassic. Those that register early will be entered into January and February early bird draws for Grain Farmers of Ontario virtual prizes. Grain Farmers of Ontario is hosting a Farmers Forum on Corn Rootworm Resistance Monday, February 8th at 7 p.m. Event speakers are being finalized but will include entomologists, crop advisors, and experienced farmers. Forum will focus on corn rootworm resistance, management and mitigation, livestock feed options, and also provide an American farmer perspective. After a short main presentation, there will be breakout rooms available for farmers to ask questions. The meeting will be held via Zoom, and you can sign up at gfo.ca. And now, here's my conversation with Heather Watson. Joining us on the podcast this week is Heather Watson, the Executive Director of Farm Management Canada. Thanks for taking the time to speak with us this week, Heather. Well, thanks so much for inviting me to to your show. We're really excited to be here. I guess I want to start off with maybe just a bit of the basics. Can you um, tell us about what is Farm Management Canada? It's always a good place to start at the beginning. (laughs) So Farm Management Canada 
is a national nonprofit organization, and we're dedicated to increasing awareness, appreciation, and adoption of business practices on the farm. Um, so we're trying to help farmers achieve sustainable growth and prosperity by having that foundation for success through um, through business practices. So we do that by creating as well as connecting farmers with learning opportunities to support business planning, transition planning, financial management, marketing, and all that good stuff, um, helping farmers manage their operation as a business, and then, of course, reaping all the rewards. And it's it's interesting thinking about our beginnings, especially as we're in this pandemic, because we were actually kind of created out of crisis. So the crisis of the 1980s, where interest rates soared and commodity prices tanked, um, left farmers in financial distress and compromising the future of farming in Canada. So they kind of looked around and thought, okay, how can we best prepare farmers to manage risk and uncertainty and come out on top every time? And they turned to investing in farm business management practices. And that's where, where we came about in 1992. Well, how did you become involved with Farm Management Canada? Yeah, so I was actually, um, I was working at uh, the Kempville campus, which was then part of the University of Guelph in the Business Development Centre. And we were working on a project basically to provide um, continuous education to farmers. And it was specific to business management, recognizing that was an area where farmers were were struggling in terms of um, adopting business plans and kind of taking that business approach to farming. Um, so started with them doing some online courses and, and I came into it um, working with advisors to um, kind of, kind of, I guess, translate and truncate their advisor speak into, you know, uh, common practices and stuff that would be a bit easier to implement on the ground. Um, so I was with them for a few years and then through that project got introduced to the Canadian Farm Business Management Council, which is now called Farm Management Canada. Um, and I joined the group in 2009 and a year later was was leading the organization. <laughs> um, so yeah, so we've been doing that for um, like the organization has been around forever with, uh, with the same mandate and it, it continues to be important. Um, and then kind of we've come in and there's been lots of significant changes as the landscape and the funding landscape um, changes, but still with the fundamental mandate of helping farmers uh, manage their farms as a business. So given all of that experience that you've just outlined that you've had with working with farmers in the farm management field for a while from a different perspective, different perspectives, what is, I guess, the top question that you've heard from farmers about farm management? Is, is there something that you just keep hearing over and over again that farmers just have difficulty with? Yeah, so I don't know if it's so much a question as it is a concern or a comment, but um, the main challenge we get is, um, I guess, an understanding of and belief in the tangible benefits of bringing business practices on the farm. Um, the majority of farmers cite that they're succeeding without them. They've done this well so far. You know, why would they change things? Why would they bring in different elements? And oh, by the way, it's impossible to do more because our time is already taken up with um, everyday farming practices. So it's kind of that really seeking proof that this stuff makes a difference and it matters. And then secondly, that it's actually feasible, that it's possible to adopt business practices like planning and how setting up your strategic goals um, actually fits into or can fit into everyday decision-making on the farm. 
Now, I know Farm Management Canada does a yearly survey, and, and that's shown that only a, a small percentage of Canadian farmers say that they have a risk management plan or even a, a basic written business plan. Does that concern you? Yes, it does. Um, although, I mean, in saying that, we understand. We understand why. I mean, the the reasons given are are legitimate, and we're just we're trying to, I guess, change change the culture and change the tradition. So, like our research shows that less than a quarter of farms have a business plan. About thirty percent have a risk management plan of some type, which usually is limited to government um, programming, and then eight percent have a farm transition plan. That last stat's taken from the census. Um, but then we also, we just finished a kind of five-year comprehensive study of the adoption of practices and the drivers and barriers to adoption. And we found that the adoption has actually dropped dramatically over the past five years, which is even more concerning <laughs> um, mm-hmm. because they're fundamental practices for any business. And and I mean, in terms of of today, where we find ourselves today, like we just the uncertainty that farmers face is just completely overwhelming. Um, And uncertainty is, I would say (laughs) in harsh terms, you know, the killer of farms and farm family harmony. Um, And there was a quote I heard just the other day and it said, if you don't know where you're going, any road will take you there. So I think, you know, fundamentally planning um, allows you to envision, you know, what are you doing and why are you doing all this and what's going to, um, you know, make everyone happy at the end of the day to kind of keep you on that, on that path towards your goals and your vision and what you hope to achieve. Um, and, and on the risk side, I think now is just a prime time to look at, okay, COVID-19, wow, who saw that coming? Um, but, you know, what are we doing about it? What are we learning from it? The good, bad, and the ugly um, is kind of how I like to look at it. The good in terms of, you know, what are some things you were able to fast forward or decisions you were able to fast forward in order to take advantage of opportunity? And then, of course, the bad, obviously, a lot of folks out there are suffering and their their farms and their management and themselves, as well as their farm teams. Um, and then the ugly is if we're not going to learn from it, um, you know, we're due to to repeat the same the same fate again. So I kind of look back at the 1980s and think, you know, is this our 1980s? This is, that's going to get us um, sitting up and paying a bit more attention to the benefits of, of business management in terms of planning for risk and opportunity. Do you find that farming is a riskier business than other business than say your typical, you know, downtown business or, or, you know, investing or something like that? Like, because I guess by appearances, it would seem to be. Yeah, it's it's a really good question, actually. And we get asked this a lot because I don't know if it's in part because we're funded, um, you know, in part by by the government. And so they kind of look at us and say, OK, you guys have been doing this for over 25 years and, you know, farmers don't seem to be getting any better at this. So, uh, you know, are you <laughs> are you a complete failure, which we hope the answer is no. But the <laughs> other alternative is, you know, if farmers aren't going to help themselves, then why do we continue to try and help them? And my answer always comes back to farming is different. And I, I really honestly believe, and maybe this is my Heather hat and not my FMC hat, but I honestly believe farming is different. Um, 
you know, many try to compare farming to any other business and it's not. Um, the closest comparison I can come up with is comparing to other family run businesses um, in terms of that balance between, you know, ownership and family and management and how all that works together. But I think, and, and some of the burden and opportunity by keeping that legacy piece going, but I think even that's not enough. Um, I truly believe that farms and farmers are unique. The connection to the land and the legacy of the farm is, is written into the landscape. And the other difference is the breadth and scope of risk. So we've got weather and policy and markets, and there's so much that happens in agriculture that's totally out of the farmer's control. Um, but fortunately, I would say back to the business management side of things, you know, business practices are designed to help farmers put mechanisms in place to manage these risks to the best of their ability. So you can't control the weather, but you can manage how you respond to the weather and whether you put in um, tile drainage or whether you put in wind breaks, etc. There's things you can do to help mitigate those risks. Um, and I think it's important to because it kind of brings around the idea of there's tons of uncertainty and risk, but there are things we can do to make make the best of the situation. So somebody does want to take that step to improve their business management skills and, and they've had these conversations and the whole family is on board and, and they're ready to, you know, make somebody the business manager, but they, they need help. What is that first step that you can recommend in order to get them the skills that they need? Yeah. So, oh gosh, a farmer that's totally ready, ready to do this is awesome. <laughs> and they, do they, do they exist? They do. They absolutely do. Um, for sure. Like, yeah, I don't want to sound like, you know, all, all down and out on, on farmers at all, because there are some awesome superstars out there that just, they think strategically and they act strategically. And a lot of times it's, it's when there's a, um, a parent or parents, or it's in the culture of the farm to think strategically and ask questions like, why are we doing this? And why are we doing it this way? So, um, and, and then in other cases, you know, the parents aren't, aren't of that nature, but the children recognize it's really important to ask why we're doing this before we go, you know, <laughs> all out. Um, but I think that, yeah, the first step, I mean, if you're like, okay, how, you know, how do we do this? There's, um, you can easily do a business practices assessment. So um, it helps you kind of look at all the facets of running a business. So strategy, marketing, HR, transition planning, financial management, et cetera, et cetera, um, to assess how you're doing and then helping create an action plan to improve your business skills and practices. So um, in Ontario, there's the infamous Growing Your Farm Profits workshops. That's also available in an online course. And it's also available as a free assessment tool at farmbusinessassessment.ca. And it's available in English and French. So I think I think doing one of those, um, or specifically this one, because you're in Ontario, um, you know, really helps you see you know, the complete picture of what a successfully running farm business looks like in terms of how you're approaching your marketing, how you're approaching your finances and things like that. And then helps you identify, you know, where there might be um, vulnerabilities or, um, 
or weaknesses, and then figuring out, okay, well, what does that mean? Does that mean me as the farmer needs to invest in this stuff? Or am I looking at the next generation or other members of the family or farm team to up those skills? So it kind of gives you um, gives you a chance to reflect. And the other cool thing is when you do these assessments, something I like to encourage is that you almost do it separately. Um, so say your farm team is mom, dad, and, you know, daughter and son. Each doing this assessment is a really interesting conversation tool because, you know, the parents, for example, might think, you know, we're doing great in transition. We thought everything out, you know, we've, we've got our ducks in a row and everything's wonderful. Um, but the kids might have a different assessment of that because they might not mm. have heard that plan yet and they might have a lot of uncertainty around it which tends to be the case um but yeah so it's kind of neat when you can compare and contrast these assessments to say oh shoot I thought we were doing really well here or oh I didn't know we were doing so well here because it's it's also a chance to celebrate how well you're doing it's not so much you know a report card to kind of you know hang your head and not hang it on the fridge but it could be it could be a nice wake-up call to say well, actually, we're doing really good here, here, and here, and we just need to work on this. So it can have it can have benefits beyond just figuring out, you know, where you are and where you can go. Business planning provides some people with greater peace of mind and and often acts as, I guess, a coping mechanism, especially during COVID-19 and, and everything <laughs> else that we faced over the past year. It's definitely been uncertain times, uh, and there's been a lot of stress that farmers have been under with all that uncertainty. So why do you think it is that having that business plan, you know, provides peace of mind? I think one of the misconceptions about planning is that it means predicting the future. And of course, in agriculture, we throw that concept out the window. Um, but we think of planning as, you know, a, a means to plan for whatever may happen. So taking the time cons to consider different scenarios, including your best, worst, and most likely scenarios, and that no matter what happens, you know what you may be in for and you have a plan to follow. So it's kind of like, you know, you picture yourself going down the highway and the highway gets rough. Do you have an alternative route or that highway is closed? You know, do you have an alternative route and what does it mean in terms of your arrival time and wear and tear on the vehicle? And so having that kind of, I guess, detour in mind, good or bad or, or, you know, comparable helps you be in a place where you know the alternatives and you're comfortable with them. And I think that, you know, helps helps folks sleep at night. So if interest rates rise, you have a sense of how you'll cope because you've planned for that scenario. Or if land comes up available, um, you know, you kind of have a, a sense of could we, should we, you know, you've got some fundamental things worked out in terms of what's our position if these things happen, um, as well as it helps you anticipate what could happen, um, making decision easier, you know, while providing comfort that you've thought out the possibilities. And you're also decreasing that uncertainty, um, you know, which, which I think leads to greater peace of mind. And we did a, a recent research piece called um, Healthy Minds, Healthy Farms. And that's exactly what we found that um, farms who have a business plan, 88% of them said it significantly helped with with achieving greater peace of mind, reducing stress and reducing anxiety because they kind of had a sense of where they wanted to go in the longer term, in the bigger picture. And then it made the bumps along the way a little bit easier. 
Now, despite what you've just said, <laughs> there are those who are on the other side of the fence, shall we say, who don't, as you mentioned, who don't have a business plan. There's a, there's a number of farmers who don't. And, you know, they think that they're just fine as they are. So why do you think that those without a business plan, why don't they recognize the benefits of one? Some of our theories, I suppose, are that, you know, business has been relatively good um, and for a long time, like I, I keep thinking about the 80s and, and, you know, for a lot of farmers that lived through that, they, they got on the, the business practices bandwagon shortly thereafter. But, you know, as time goes on and as things are pretty good and, you know, you haven't found the need for a business plan, it hasn't stopped you from, you know, planting in the ground or going to the barn. The bad times or the risky times are, are a long way away. Um, it's typically when times get tough that farmers turn to crunching the numbers and may look at creating a plan for better outcomes. Um, but I mean, what we would, what we would hope to promote is that the best time to plan is when times are good, when you're not in the midst of a crisis, when your decision-making isn't clouded by stress and anxiety, or I should say, um, significant levels of stress and anxiety, because a little bit of stress is good for everyone. But I mean, as we find ourselves now in the pandemic, it's, you know, we are where we are and it's a really good time to reflect on, okay, what the heck happened? Why did it happen? And how can we do better? Where have we seen success and how do we grow that success? Um, so I'm hoping that the, the current situation we find us in maybe gives farmers a bit of a nudge to say, you know, yeah, we couldn't have seen that coming. But again, planning isn't about predicting the future. It's about laying out the different scenarios so that you have a path you can readily take, um, you know, no matter what happens. So beyond... Um a plan, a business plan, mm -hmm. what are some skills that are important for farm managers um, to think about that maybe perhaps aren't always top of mind? I think it's become very clear, especially in the past, you know, two to three years, whole piece about mental health. Um, and I think that's introducing new discussions as well as new ways of looking at business management and other, you know, practices and other skills development opportunities. So, I think success is is a pretty generative term and it means different things for different people. For some, it's, you know, am I in the red or the black? Um, and for others, it's, you know, have I achieved, you know, family, farm team harmony? How are my stress levels, anxiety levels? Um, am I able to continue my legacy, um, et cetera, et cetera. But I think you know, when you open up that question about what does success look like, now we're starting to see more consideration for, yes, you know, professional success, but also personal success. And that's where we're seeing conversations about, you know, am I, I mean, am I happy? Am I, can I continue doing what I'm doing the way I'm doing it in perpetuity? Um, you know, when times get tough, what is my coping mechanism? Is it nose to the grindstone, work, 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 don't sleep? And how sustainable is that? So I think there's more of appreciation on the, the personal side. And then therefore, we look at personal development opportunities. And something that we've really taken to heart at Farm Management Canada is leadership. Leadership in terms of not so much 
you know, I want to be the, the big cheese and I want to be on all the boards and I want to, you know, be, be running policy or, or running the ministers ragged, but more so I want to, you know, I want to lead and empower others to lead to the best of my ability. Um, and where that intersects with management, I keep thinking of, you know, because oftentimes we use it interchangeably, but I keep thinking of this quote. It was a few years ago, one of my directors actually said, said this quote to me from Peter Drucker, and it's management is doing things right, but leadership is doing the right things. And I actually wrote it down and printed it and put it on my office wall because I think it's a really important reminder of of where these pieces intersect. Of course, we want to do things right, but, you know, you can build, you can have, you know, two buildings and you can build a ladder against, <laughs> against uh, one of the buildings and you build the ladder perfectly, but it was actually the other building you were hoping to climb up with that ladder. So I think it's important and leadership is, is where this, this concept of, you know, strategy and bigger picture and the why, why, why for the self as well for everyone else comes into play. Um, so fo focusing on your leadership, you ensure you're putting your energy and resources in the right area and really bringing in that personal development component. We've talked a little bit about some of the tools and programs that Farm Management Canada offers that can help farmers uh, to build their skills. Now, we um, in the Ontario Green Farmer magazine did uh, feature, uh, I think it was just a couple months ago, uh, a tool called AgriShield. Can you explain uh, a bit about what that is and how it helps farmers? AgriShield is one of our, our many tools, but it's it's kind of one of our star children right now um, because how it came about was we went to, me and my colleague went to a risk management conference some years ago, maybe five years ago, and it was a three-day conference and it was, you know, about managing risk in agriculture and managing farm risk. And it was three days about insurance programs, which was, the, you know, it's not my <laughs> cup of tea, but even on, even on a good day, three days about that was just about enough for anybody. And I was kind of sitting there scratching my head thinking, why aren't we talking about you know, the fact that a business plan can help manage risk or, um, you know, going to the doctor on a regular basis can help manage risk. Like there's so many facets of risk on the farm and, and with the farmers and the farm team. Why aren't we exploring that? So we set out to create this. We called it, you know, super sexy title, a comprehensive guide to managing risk in agriculture. <laughs> and it was, you Everything's know, in the title. yeah, exactly. It was a bit of a novel, but what we wanted to do basically is just you know, let's once and for all look at what are the risks facing farmers and facing farms? And is there a way we can categorize them? And then is there a way that we can kind of use this understanding to help assess, you know, what's our um, exposure to risk? Um, and, and, you know, how do we prioritize our risk management planning and hopefully develop a risk management plan? So, that was a number of years ago. Of course, it was more of just a, you know, we just wanted to do this because we wanted some information somewhere we can draw on later. And then an opportunity came up to kind of turn this concept into, you know, an actual interactive tool. And so we got some funding from the agri-risk initiatives at Ag Canada, and we created AgriShield, which is basically kind of an online interactive platform that takes you through 
um, this kind of comprehensive approach to assessing risk, assessing your risk tolerance, prioritizing your risk based on your vulnerabilities, and then putting a plan in place to better manage risk. And so it looks at things like people, finance, strategy, business environment, marketing, and production. And all those pieces are broken down into different risk situations. So, for example, under business environment, we talk about policy, we talk about public trust, um, things like that, uh, as well as, you know, international market space. Under people, we talk about your personal, you know, well-being Um, We also talk about working with family. We also talk about working with non-family and working with contractors. So we really break it out. And I mean, it's, it's a bit of a beast, but the good news is, you know, we've got lots of tools incorporated where um, you can kind of do an, uh, an easy peasy, I guess, you know, roadmap to, you know, what are your highest risk areas and kind of starting there. So you don't have to kind of sit down and do it one and done. It's very much designed as a tool that you can come back to. And maybe you say, you know, I'm coming to this tool because I've got an HR issue. So you go to the HR side of things, the people side of things, you look for your specific area and you can immediately access resources and tips and best practices and stuff like that. So you can use it in lots of different diverse ways, which is which is awesome. And then something that we kind of recently have been stumbling upon is um, this whole, you know, sustainable agriculture piece. And so we came across this international standard. Um, It's called the Sustainable Agriculture Initiative. Um, And so we kind of looked into that and we thought, wouldn't it be cool if our risk assessment could align with this sustainable assurance program that retailers and grocery stores and things are using as they source from farmers so that we could provide farmers with some sort of a certification um, of sorts. So we were able to do that. We actually just finished it a couple of months ago. So now when you go through the tool, you'll see a little, you know, logo that says, you know, this, this practice applies to the sustainable agriculture initiative and therefore you know you can concentrate on those pieces if that's what you want to do out of this tool and we're hoping we can use it to align with other initiatives um, to kind of use it as a bit of a scorecard um, as it were so so that's AgriShield and then actually right now um, my colleague Matt is um, using AgriShield to provide risk management training for farmers as well as advisors um, across Canada. So we're doing the virtual sessions now <laughs> because of COVID. Just like everybody else. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, exactly. But it's basically, yeah, two half-day sessions and we make it very personal in terms of um, doing a quick assessment to figure out, you know, what are the top risks that you're facing and that you want to explore, um, you know, planning to mitigate and manage and then working through the through the tool that way. So you get used to using the tool, um, but you're also dealing with, you know, a kind of a right now situation. And then I guess the only other thing that I would um want to mention just in terms of our tools is, um, of course, AgriShield isn't the only thing that we do. Um, We have a National Farm Business Management Resource Center that's available at www.takeanewapproach.ca that includes everything for starting, growing, and transitioning your farm. So it includes research, resources, learning programs, and events geared towards building your business acumen. And you can even find out what funding is available to assist you from the provincial government. So um, if, if you're not sure about, you know, 
all the different tools out there and things like that, um, you can check this website and kind of get a get an idea of what's going on in um, supporting farm business management practices across Canada from this site. Um, and then as well, in the background, we're working on um, a new farm transition toolkit resource that'll be added to that site and that'll be launched actually January 12th <laughs> so next week um, along with our our national farm transition appreciation day and we're also working on um, a farm management manual of sorts so working with Dick Whitman to turn his infamous building an effective farm management system um, into an online resource that's um, you know very interactive and very customizable. So we're excited about that, but that's not um, due to be complete until March. But yeah, a few things on the go. Sounds like you have a, a, a lot happening right now, actually. <laughs> and I really appreciate you taking the time to tell us all about it and to give us some insights onto, you know, why business planning and, and farm management is so important for farmers. So thank you very much for your time today. You're very welcome. And thanks again for the opportunity to kind of showcase our our knowledge and tools, um, but also talk business planning because we absolutely love talking business planning um, and hope that, uh, yeah, hope that folks get excited about the opportunity that presents itself right now, especially in, in the midst of a pandemic. It's, it's the perfect time to reflect on, you know, what's, what maybe went well, what didn't go so well and how are we going to make a difference going forward? And, and it being the new year, the new, new, new brand new year, it's a really good time to start thinking about how you can put a plan in place um, to kind of get you through 2021 and not only get you through and survive, but also thrive and, and kind of work towards those amazing goals and visions that we know are out there. So um, it's great timing and we really appreciate this opportunity. Joining us now on the podcast is the chair of the board of directors, Marcus Hurl. Thanks for joining us today, Marcus. Yeah, it's my pleasure. We're right now in the midst of our January district meetings, and we've gone virtual this year. Can you give us a, a sense of what's being discussed at our meetings this year? Yeah, well, actually, uh, so we've now completed the second day of meetings. Uh, there are still many more districts that need to be covered off the next uh, week and a half. But um, what uh, I, I feel is important that every farmer, first of all, listens in to the uh, to, to the discussion that we have and the presentation, uh, because first of all, it's going to give a bit of background of what the, the Grain Farmers Ontario have been doing the last year and uh, what our goals are for the future. And um, uh, some of the highlights are, first of all, the BRM discussion, um, some of the uh, RMP um, uh, redesign uh, future of RMP, where we are with that discussion with uh, the provincial government, and uh, also uh, how the organization is actually evolving and uh, having put uh, certain things in place to develop further and uh, by giving some more direction to uh, to the organization staff and our our members itself so uh, there's a lot in a f well, I would say in an hour and a half of presentation to capture but uh, there will be something for everybody that's joining the meetings and I encourage all the listeners 
and members to join uh, the meeting as they are rolled out during the next week and a half. One of the highlights of a district meeting is the ability to ask questions when you have, you know, something you don't understand or something that you want more information on. How can farmer members participate given that it's a virtual event? Yeah. So again, on that one, I do want to encourage individuals like let's let's just say you are on a face to face meeting. Uh, often enough, there's a question that pops in your mind or a concern or a comment you want to bring up. There are methods of doing this. So, of course, uh, Zoom, the platform that we use, has raise your hand uh, is one of the, uh, the the things you can do. You can uh, even send a text to Mel. Uh, she's going to present you with her phone number. Uh, you can uh, even uh, get through uh, just regular means of uh, putting a question on the uh, comment section of the uh, of the platform. So uh, uh, please do ha- create discussion with other farmer members through um, through the GFO uh, district meeting, uh, because we want to hear from you as a member of what you feel is important that GFO has to work on. And if there is something that uh, you want to bring up of either suggestion or comment, well, we're there to listen as well. So uh, it's an open platform and uh, we are always receptive to discussing all the things that you bring up. Now, Marcus, once we go through the January district meetings and we have the, the board of directors is going to be meeting in February and at that time, you're term as chair officially comes to an end and, and we'll be electing a new person uh, to lead that board of directors. I'm wondering if you could write us just a couple of comments, if you will, upon your past three years as chair. Well, I certainly can. Uh, it's been uh, in some some sense a long three years, but also very short three years. Uh, so if I put it in a perspective of um, work to do, there is never a dull moment. Um, it's been uh, probably one of my greatest uh, tasks that I've ever done in my life to, to be the chair of the GFO organization. And uh, I am comfortable to say that there is going to be new leadership uh, coming up. And of course, uh, at the inaugural board meeting, there will be an election that will be conducted. And uh, there are probably a few individuals that uh, will put their name forward, but um, to say that uh, it's been uh, a good experience and uh, I've, uh, I'm actually glad I, that I took on this challenge uh, since I had the support from all farmer members, directors and staff as well. It uh, made the job somewhat uh, easier. And of course, I should not forget uh, the people that actually we leave at home while us directors are either away in Guelph or nowadays sit in front of our computer screens and conduct our meetings. There's uh, people that actually do the the work still on the farm. So uh, uh, in my case, my wife and my my two boys on the farm, they had to take the reins quite significantly. And I appreciate that uh, very much from them. So uh, I think the next steps, uh, we will have to see where that's going to lead. Now, I will mention that you did an in-depth conversation with Victoria Berry, who is the manager of communications for Grain Farmers of Ontario. And anybody interested in listening to that conversation can find it posted to our YouTube channel. 
Marcus, one thing I did want to ask, though, before we let you go is what's next for you in terms of your involvement with Green Farmers of Ontario? Well, of course, I still have uh, one more year as uh, as director uh, at the GFO board uh, before I term out uh, with my 12th year on the board itself. And uh, I will still participate uh, in on committees, uh, either from the board or external committees, whatever is required to, uh, for me to do. But uh, I will step back and let uh, the new chair and the uh, executives uh, do their job because I do not want to uh, step on every anybody's toes, but I'm all, also there for reference. And if I need to step in and uh, conduct some business on behalf of GFO, I will certainly do that. That's, that's what I uh, envision and uh, look forward to doing and uh, before I complete my 12th year as a, as a board member of GFO. Well, I really appreciate you taking the time to speak with us, Marcus, and we look forward to uh, seeing you again in the future. You're more than welcome. Thank you for listening to our Green Talk podcast. I hope you enjoyed the conversation. For more ways to connect with us, including the latest webinar, market report, and our e-newsletter, go to gfo.ca slash grain talk. A special thank you to our guests this week, Heather Watson and Marcus Hurl. If you'd like what you've heard today, please rate, review, and subscribe on Apple iTunes, Google Play, and Spotify. And remember, five-star reviews help us grow our audience.